What is up, 20 Plus? We are back for another episode of the 20 Plus Podcast. I'm here, Pastor Logan, here with Brett, like last time, and this is Sydney, special guest with us. She's <laughs> one of our great friends, and she serves here on the 20 Plus team, and we're excited to have you because yeah. they were talking about a fun topic, which is singleness, finding the one, mm-hmm. topics that I know a lot of us care a lot about, and I'm really excited. And I know we've been in this relationship series and we just are wrapping up our life groups, about to have culture combos. Mm-hmm. How have you guys enjoyed our relationship series? What are maybe some things you guys got out of it or you saw in your groups? Yeah, I feel like for me, you and I had the conversation a while back just about boundaries. And, and when you brought that to light in my own life, mm-hmm. it was super insightful because I had never, growing up in a church, I was always told, you know, don't be doing these physical things. Right. Which that's great information. But I think to leave out the watch how you handle these emotional things, Mm -hmm. watch how you handle these spiritual things too. really, really insightful for me. And Mm -hmm. I think that was the kind of the vibe I got from the people in our groups was, whoa, that's that's a fresh take. And that's not only a fresh take, but a very helpful take. So I love that. I mean, I love just that we're bringing something that's maybe not totally new information, but it's really applicable right. and, and really practical. So I love that week for sure. Yeah, having, like with boundaries, having a different perspective from someone that's close to our age, you know, we're a young adult community, having someone that's like recently gone through it teach us, I think is just incredibly valuable. Speaking of recently gone through it, Sydney just got engaged. <laughs> I sure did, yay! So let's go <laughs> segue there, just kind of throwing it up. You know when people get engaged, all of a sudden their left hand just becomes way more noticeable. Yeah, you know? it's weird. It's like they <laughs> so just weird. They brush their hair with it. They're, drink, they're drinking with their left hand. They're right-handed, but they just are writing with their left hand. Uh-huh. All of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's funny. One of my good friends got engaged last week, and she sent me a photo of her drinking just a regular bottle of yep. water. And she said, this is awesome water. And I, I looked at the text three times, and I was like, this water is so irrelevant to me. Like, I, don't, I, was, I was at work so confused. Just like, what is going why on? do I care? Yeah. And then like, I put my phone in my pocket and I literally worked for like 10 minutes. And finally in my head, I was like, it's not the water. <laughs> I was like, oh. That is a teaching in its own right. It's not about the water. Yeah. And no one is exempt from that. If you just got engaged and you're telling me you're not all of a sudden like... You know, showing your ring off, you're lying to me. <laughs> yeah, or maybe you didn't pick the right person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're a little like, yeah, let wow. me be honest. Do you like it? My, my dad has a teaching. For those who don't know, my dad's a pastor here at our church, and he has a teaching. It's called Don't Turn the Ring. Because one time my mom was with uh, some of her old friends when they were engaged, and she turned the ring around so the diamond <laughs> wasn't showing because she didn't want to get asked about her engagement. And my dad is like, are you kidding me? And so he says, don't turn the ring. Don't be ashamed to be married to be in the same way. Don't be ashamed to be be a uh, follower of Christ. So, man, we're already going there. Wow. Um, and if maybe you're listening to this, maybe it's uh, the day of it coming out or mm-hmm. you know a few days after. We have culture combos. Yeah. And so we're going to be wrapping up with conversations around uh, three different locations our regions and so that'll be at east side west side and city we have all the details up yeah. on the instagram and facebook channels mm-hmm. as well um so make sure to check that out channels pages you know you just say the words but <laughs> so make sure to be at that or if you're watching this later you can go back and watch culture combos or yeah. listen to them as mm-hmm. well but obviously today is on relationships singleness finding the one mm. where do we start where do we start from here wow where do we start there's so many places i think we can go um 
you know, for me, I think it's cool in this room, we just have so many different perspectives yeah. on where we're at in the whole dating or single dating, engaged, married. And mm-hmm. for me, um, you know, I'm dating now and that's been a fun journey. It's, it's the only part of this whole process that the Bible doesn't really talk about. Sure. Um, but I think there's, that doesn't mean that there's not something in the Bible for us to kind of bring right. from this, you know, what do we learn from how the Bible talks about our character? What do we learn from the Bible does talk about singleness a lot. And, and frankly, I've found myself a little bit confused sometimes by Paul's words. Don't, you know, it's better not to marry. And I'm like, well, I want to get married. <laughs> you know, like, I want to do that. And, and um, you know, then you see in, in the Garden of Eden where God says it's bad for man to be alone. So how do we reconcile these things? Right. I think just to start it off, singleness. Let's, yeah. get, at, let's get at that one first. Mm-hmm. Really simple thought. Jesus was single. Totally. <laughs> totally. I think that is probably the most important thing to, to start with because Jesus was single. And if we're wanting to be like Jesus, right. we see that Jesus was single. And so it makes you kind of scratch your head a little bit because you're like, wait a minute. If the person that I'm trying to be more like was not married and, you know, never dated, never, <laughs> you know, dating wasn't really a thing at the time, um, but didn't have a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. So should I be more like that? And then all of a sudden Paul starts writing and then you see different things like in Jeremiah where, you know, Jeremiah 16, he says, Jeremiah, you should be unmarried and, you know, you have no kids because you should be faithful to me in the way that you serve me and the calling that I have for you. But he also says to Jeremiah, don't go to funerals, don't go to weddings, don't go to feasts. <laughs> so I think what he was talking about in Jeremiah's case was a very specific calling to say, mm-hmm. this is what I want you to do because of the season that the world around you is in. Yeah. And I think for Jesus, it would be very challenging for the Son of God to mm-hmm. have a dating or marriage relationship. So that, that kind of like putting Jesus aside, knowing that we don't necessarily have to be crucified um, for the sins of the rest of the world, we maybe have a different perspective on it. So then that leads me to Paul. And I'm getting somewhere here, but this is probably the most popular topic when mm-hmm. it comes to singleness. Yeah. Is okay, Paul in First Corinthians seven one, he says, you know, if you're a man, it's better that you would not marry. And I mean, that's pretty clear. It sounds pretty clear. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So better to not marry. And you're reading this, and you're like, I, I know that when I read this, I was in you know like senior high school, and I'm like. I've just been living, like, my whole life been, like, a lie, everything, like, my parents are married, and they love Jesus, like, what am I doing, you know, you do this, and then you kind of have that moment, and I think everyone probably has that moment where you are trying to accept that fact for about six minutes, Right. you're like, okay, I mean, God, if that's that's what it says, yeah, Yeah, I guess here we go, (laughs) and I think it's important to understand the context that Paul's writing in it, so he's writing this in the book of Corinthians, and the Corinthian church was in the midst of Corinth, which was a town, but Romans were like some of the most pagan people. I mean, they were literally like the the view that they had on their sexuality was so wrong and mm-hmm. skewed. I mean, there was just crazy stuff. I don't want to get into all of it, but it's like they would like you talk about pornography now, like back then they would have like terrible I mean, they talk about orgies in the Bible, all these things. Again, I'm not getting into wow, it in yeah. that podcast, but it's like things that you would say nowadays that like don't, you would never even do that are even legal, but there was just kind of commonplace. So he's saying, how hard is it yeah. in Corinth right. to be somebody who has a sexuality that is 
honoring to God. It's, right. There's temptations everywhere. So be careful right. in that. So I think it's better for you to try and avoid those temptations mm -hmm. and just remain that way. And then the second part of that is Paul thought, and as a lot of the disciples did, they thought that Jesus was coming back like any day. Yeah. When Jesus says, I'm going to come back like a thief in the night, I'm going to you know, be ready. He tells the parable of the virgins and the lanterns and you got to be ready to go. Paul's thinking, Jesus could come back. Yeah. We got to like, we got to be ready for this. Mm -hmm. And so with that, there is this expectation where Paul's saying, it's better for you. If you're already married, that's fine. Stay married. Yeah. But don't jump into marriage because Jesus is coming back. We got to go out and right. tell people. And he has this, this um, anticipation and this, you know, energy focused on Jesus could return at any moment. Yeah. So with that, don't jump into a life and a marriage right. that you have to spend the rest of your life focusing on. You may only have a couple hours left. You may right. only have a few right. years left. And so those are two things that are really important. And then we actually see later in Ephesians, which is written after Corinthians, that Paul writes one of the most famous lines on marriage, which is the idea of love and respect. Mm -hmm. yeah. He writes this to, you know, wives to respect their husbands and husbands to, you know, love their wives. And so if he saw that and he sees that as this is the great example that Jesus is going to come back from the church, all these big theological ideas come from that. And right. so... Later on, I think Paul, as the years go on, as he realizes maybe Jesus isn't coming back today, or he could, but he's not sure, he starts to see, hey, even though marriage isn't right for me because of the call that God has, right. there is a powerful place of the way that it shows the world of what a covenant relationship yeah. looks like. So that's your crash course on singleness and what the Bible teaches about it. There's obviously more in there, but I think those are the main ones that people focus on that say, is it a sin to be single? And, you know, it's not. It's not a right. sin to be single, but then there's the other side. Is it a sin to be married? No, it's not. God says if you have a call that leads you somewhere that maybe you can't go, similar to the way that we talked about Christ, but maybe you feel like you have a call to be a missionary and go into a really dangerous part of the world, and you're not married. Right. At that point, it'd be very difficult to say to somebody, I want to say yes to be marrying you, but you have to say yes to yeah. this call right. that God has right. on my life. Yeah. And I think that's a difficult thing to do. Right. You look at what Paul is saying and elsewhere Paul says, hey, it's actually better to get married than to burn with sexual desire. Right. And so what is his priority? When we look at, you know, he says, hey, it's better not to marry. But then he also says, it's better to get married than to burn. So there's kind of this relationship for him. And what's at the top of his priority list is righteousness. If you can be more righteous in marriage, because we believe that sex only happens in the confines of marriage, then do that thing. Don't, don't try to kill yourself saying no to what God really placed in you. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to singleness, sometimes we demonize the very thing that God placed within us. He said, hey, you know, this is a young adult podcast, but sex is a gift yeah. that is used. I mean, the first, the first command he gives Adam and Eve, go and, and populate the earth, essentially. Right. Which, yeah. Hey, I, I mean... You, you got to do that one way. There's only yeah. one option to populate the earth. So, yeah. but it's a gift. But how do we have a healthy mentality towards it in singleness? Totally. And then how do we bring, not just leave a healthy mentality in singleness, how do we always have a healthy mentality about mm -hmm. sex and sexuality and, yeah. and honoring someone through that? And so what's the goal of his commands? What's the goal of his teaching? Righteousness. Totally. Mm -hmm. Let's live it in a manner that's honoring to God. Mm -hmm. And to get that insight also that, hey, Paul wasn't just really talking to like, we kind of look at our culture and we say, dang, this is kind of wild that like, we're very, we're a sexualized culture. 
we're, we're kind of doing it okay compared to some of the right. things that went on well, in the Bible. Yeah. We're nothing compared You know, well, and so yeah. when you see that, it's like, did we even want to mess with that fire in Paul's day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you even want to step one step closer yeah. through marriage to, I'm going to let myself walk into that life? Um, but yeah, I mean, talk about what's the goal? Righteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Yeah, and I think that like when you're in a dating relationship, all you're thinking about is the next step, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of different things. You know, I think one of the things that we most appreciated about when we got married, one of our um, boundaries that we talked about in our life groups is we didn't want to ever be alone. Mm-hmm. And so it was the most freeing thing that once we got married, it was like, we're, we're alone. We're just right. chilling, <laughs> watching a movie at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday or whatever, you know, and it's like, you can just be alone. And that's one of the gifts. But when you're dating and you're engaged and, and a proof of that is Sydney posted on Instagram the other day. She's like, engagement's overrated. This sucks. I want to get married. <laughs> yes. You know? So Sydney's ready to go. Uh, but I think there's a lot of things that come with that, that we just want to, we just want to be together. We just right. want to have those things, but it's, you know, don't do it, you know, in the wrong time. Right. Don't do it to where you can't control yourself. And, you know, when Paul says, you know, when you're burning with passion for someone, when you love someone, it's like, you know, not just sexual passion, but just you want to be alone. You want to mm-hmm. spend time. You want to build a family, do all these different things. And Paul's saying, don't, don't like smack yourself. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who have that like holier than thou attitude of like, mm-hmm. well, because I'm single. Well, no, you, right. you're not single because you're choosing to be like, you're super right. insecure about <laughs> right. it. Like, like, you know, well. it, but then there's other people who, are single and they don't talk about it and they're proud to mm-hmm. of what God's doing in their life. And so I right. think it's more about what God's doing on the inside than what's on the outside. And then there's people in marriage that are super like frustrated that they got married because it was the wrong decision. They rushed right. it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see them pretending to be happy or all this stuff. Right. And it's because they wanted the few things that come with marriage that were, you know, oh, I, I can't control myself. Right. But they did it with the person that right. wasn't the right person. You yeah. see from the outside, like how it looks, you know, but then once you get in it and if you weren't ready, it's yeah. terrifying. Oh, or yeah. It could be terrifying. Totally. You know? And what what a silly mentality to say, hey, look, I'm just going to get married because that'll fix my problems. Right. And it's like, oh, man, like, like that is just, I think... For me, I've seen a lot of situations where a relationship has been a band-aid to a problem that needs mm-hmm. surgery. Totally. And it's like, hey, you know, how do we how do we become how do we use the singleness right. productively? And how do we um, you know, we'll touch on this later, but how do we say, hey, the the season I'm in is the most important season for me right, right. now. Absolutely. Because it sets up the next one. Totally. Right? Mm-hmm. I love what John Bavier said when he came. He what did he say? He said, You can always delay you you could never speed up your wilderness time but mm-hmm. you can certainly delay it right? right so if you're in a desert if you're in a valley you can certainly slow that process down by making decisions contrary to the will of god in your life but you can't really speed it up right so you might as well use it you might as well be in it and say um i'm gonna learn how to forgive people mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna learn how to communicate well right you know i'm gonna learn how to manage my emotions manage my anger <laughs> that's one thing I guess just to talk personally yeah. I've spent a lot of time understanding what gentleness really looks like I grew up in a home where my dad was had a, he was a master of it like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've ever seen my dad make an emotional decision where he's been outraged wow. and like made a decision I find myself like 
if McDonald's is not ice cream, I'm yelling at somebody. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you don't understand like right. how to do this. Yeah. And so when you get into a situation with somebody you really care about and, you know, we talk about, we talked one day about what's a really kind of telling situation. If you travel with somebody, it really reveals a right. lot of like, totally. holy cow, yeah. like you just did like a very little thing and I yelled at you because I'm kind of tired and we've been right. traveling totally. together. And so to become... Um, really to honestly for me to pray into God give me a gentle heart yeah mm-hmm. give me I'm a kind of an intense guy I get really excited and sometimes oh, that comes yeah. off as sharp like yeah. I'll say something and I'll be like wow okay this is I gotta apologize because mm-hmm. that wasn't okay and so um Sydney have you ever traveled with Noah we've traveled a few times we've done a few road trips and we've stayed flown. in separate hotels yeah, well, road trip like one day okay. road trips. God, I'm just making there sure was just there was one time we were driving sh- home. <laughs> we were driving home from Thanksgiving and it was snowing so bad, and we were both like, "What do we do? We can't get a hotel!" Like, and both of us neither had like booked one, you know, by ourselves. Yeah. We're like, "What do we do? We don't know how to You've do never it." Booked a hotel <laughs> we're young Mom. though, like, and and driving. We're like, "Do we keep going? Do we just drive?" We ended up going all the way, oh. you know. But that was fun. We had talked before then, like. This is going to be telling. Like, what do we talk about for 12 hours yeah. in the car? What do we do? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you get to the end and you're like, oh, yeah, that was nice. <laughs> you or, know? or complete or, opposite. But, you're but angry. You, but thankfully for you, us, it was. You want to have, and, and this is another thing about singleness and dating. I think Seth and I, my, my brother who's married, was telling me, like, I think some people approach dating and say, well, I don't want to be with them too much. And I think there is an mm-hmm. unhealthy level of reliance totally. on yeah, somebody. And there totally. can be that. But I think when you're get into the real nitty-gritty of it, you kind of need to spend a good amount of time together. Right. Otherwise, how else do you know? All of a sudden, you went from dating and you spent two days a week together and you say, we're going to get married. You live together. Right. And you don't even really know how you interact when somebody has a bad day. You don't really know how you interact when someone faces a serious disappointment. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think dating, we walk on this, I got to keep them at a distance, which I do think boundaries are really healthy. Yeah. But I think there's also something to be said for Let's get ourselves in scenarios that teach us about each other in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And we can learn about someone else's character, but also their, again, their response to disappointment. Their Mm -hmm. response to being tired. Honestly, this is a big one. Their response to being hungry. I know people get hungry, oh, like, boy. they're freaking out at everyone yeah. they see, you yeah. know? I want to meet somebody who doesn't. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, like, hey, wow, you, you've been fasting and you're good? Like, right. Maybe people in the military, but when I'm, like, hungry, usually I miss lunch, though. I Like, Matt gets so mad at me because I miss lunch all the time. Just because I'm working and I just yeah. get in the flow and, like, you know, my brother, he's like, how do you forget lunch? It's the best. <laughs> but I just forget. And then by the time three o'clock rolls around, I'm like, well, dinner's going to be in a few hours. So like, Might why, as well. why yeah. as well wait? And then I'm just angry when I get oh, home. Yeah. And it's like, and then the worst part is we don't know what we're going to eat. And then oh, she gets yeah. home from work and it's like, <clears throat> we just set ourselves up for failure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's whoever is not hangry, you, you're one to be a friend with. Right. <laughs> and maybe they can cook. Maybe they can cook for me. Yeah. Um, Back to singleness, though, and like learning yourself, how you yourself respond when you're hangry or when you are tired and learning like, okay, if I'm very tired, I know that I'm going to be angry. How do you deal with it? You know, something that I like spent a lot of time on was, all right, I know that I'm not a very nice person when I'm tired. So I better either margin time for me. Yeah. (laughs) I better margin time for me to be by myself when I'm tired or I have to, like, it, for me, there was a verse that I read all the time, like, 
you better be joyful. You know, like you have to sit in the car until I'm like, all right, you know, like learn that about yourself when you're single. Yeah. And on that line, I think even for me, and I think Logan and I, we talked about the other day. I guess we talk a lot. We do talk a lot. (laughs) After, after working kind of a longer day, I think sometimes you can get done with maybe a long day at work or maybe you worked really hard studying or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you find yourself I don't want to say looking for a pat on the back, but you get a little bit entitled. Yeah. And so you come into a moment where you're supposed to be serving the person that you really care about and you can't even see their needs because you just think, I work so hard. Right. And it's all of a sudden now you've turned all of, like everything in your mind is focused on you. And so for me, you know, Mm -hmm. you get tired for me. If I work a long day and it's like, I get, by the end of the day, I'm just like, okay, that was a good day of work, but like. Someone needs to tell me I did a good job, which that's not really true. But sometimes that's my mentality. I mm-hmm. get a little bit entitled. I miss a moment to say, hey, what do you need? It's right. always, well, what do I need? And, and so to gain that self-awareness, mm-hmm. super key. Yeah. So. And, and I think, you know, that really leads us into like when we talk about finding the one, you know, finding the one, you know, there's a lot of thoughts like, is there one person? Is mm-hmm. there this? I think it really starts with becoming the one right becoming the person that god has called us to be because you know i <laughs> think sometimes in a relationship like you know i've talked to people like, yeah every relationship just the the girlfriend that i'm with or the boyfriend i'm with we just always argue well maybe there's a common denominator <laughs> maybe, yeah here. the common denominator <laughs> is you right you know or man we just we don't have a lot of fun or we don't do this and it's like maybe you're not very fun <laughs> or maybe you're not you know and it's right. like it's it's an interesting thought, but it's you know the idea of why point a speck out in somebody else's mm-hmm. eye when you have a log in your right. own, and it's you know how can I become the person that I know is going to be somebody who can be in a great relationship? Right. Not that we're ever perfect; we can't ever be perfect, and we you know we that's not the the checklist before we mm-hmm. get married. But it's how can I become that person to say, hey, I'm maybe trying to be the best person I can be, right? you know, because once you get married, it's like, you know, we believe that, you know, you're married, you're, you're mm-hmm. it. So you can't, you can't really change that person. And so hopefully you're finding somebody who's that as well. But what maybe some of your guys thoughts, I mean, obviously Mac and I've been married, it'll be three years this year. Um, but Sydney, maybe like, you know, you and Noah, mm-hmm. you're engaged, you're getting married soon. As you are, what are some of the things you're learning in this process of, wow, maybe in a wedding, I'm a little selfish yeah. on some things. You know, I realize that a lot about me. Yeah. The first week of marriage, you're like, wow, I'm really selfish. Yeah. But maybe in that engagement process, yeah. there's some things you've seen in that. The biggest thing for me has been like, I've been subconsciously trying to hold on to my individuality. And even though in my mind, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to be like that. Things that I'm like... For example, food. Like, that's an easy one. That's like, I want to have Indian food, but I know Noah's not going to want to have Indian food. Why do I care? But all of a sudden, that's like, Indian you know. Indian food is great, though. I love Indian food. I'm but your side. But that coming up is like, that would never have come up before. But all of a sudden, because I know in my spirit, it's preparing for that. It's preparing for the to become one. But then the flesh part of me is like, no, we're going to hold on to our individuality and you're going to eat that Indian food. It's like, why don't you have Indian food for lunch tomorrow? Because you're not married and you can take it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like subconsciously trying to hold on to my individuality, even though I don't actually want to. It's totally. so interesting. Yeah. And 
honestly kind of frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but like trying to pray and figure out like, is this a bigger deal than just my flesh fighting against mm. what's coming? It's interesting and it's fun, honestly, like knowing that it's coming. But totally, I think that's a that idea though that natural kind of in us the individuality in us mm-hmm. is something that I think is one of the reasons why there's so many failed relationships in right. our culture today. Obviously, when you know we look at scripture, you know it's God says the two become one flesh. Mm-hmm. They're no longer separate but they're together Mm -hmm. they become one their passions their you know callings their family they're even you know for many people their names it's Mm -hmm. you become one person it's a new person that's not 50 percent 50 percent it's 100 percent 100 percent that becomes this new thing and i think so many people in relationships and oftentimes this is why dating relationships fail but even unfortunately we see people that end up walking away from their marriages Mm -hmm. is because it's the individuality portion of that it's well i'm coming into this agreement with my spouse that we're going to do this and it's you're not coming into an agreement you are coming into a covenant right Mm -hmm. and you're saying no we're becoming one we're becoming new till death do us part not because of what we say but because of what god says right and so i think that idea of this is what I want. That's the nature you fight in mm-hmm. marriage for, you know, Ever. the whole, yeah, forever. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, we talk about it, but it's like happy wife, happy life. It's, mm-hmm. you know, or just just agree and don't start problems. Just like it's not worth it. Right. But I think that idea comes from it's not about us. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why God loves marriage is because he wants us to show the world what a covenant relationship right. is like. It's the only other covenant relationship that we have on earth besides the covenant relationship that yeah. we have with Jesus. So if if we're going to have a relationship that is showing the world what God's love is like in the closest way, not right. always perfect, then we can't be our own people that right. are doing our own things. You have so many people that you hear, well, yeah, we have separate bank accounts, even like separate rooms in the house. Like, I mean, for years and years, marriage in like Europe was, they would have separate beds. They'd sleep, they'd sleep in different rooms. And you're like, they were just roommates who had, you know, a pub, they had public figure with the king and the queen or whatever, but they Mm -hmm. weren't really having that covenant relationship. Right. And that is a hard thing to fight, Mm -hmm. especially as you start. But every day it's a battle to say, you know what? Am I being selfish, mm-hmm. right? Or am I being the kind of person that God wants me to be, which is selfless, right? right. I think. I mean, to touch on what you said, marriage and, and any, I think any relationship, but when it becomes marriage, it just becomes so much closer, right? It's really a sanctifying experience, mm-hmm. and ultimately, I think that's why part of the reason I think God talks about Adam and Eve in the garden and says, "Hey, it's it's not good for a man to be alone." I think that's maybe a little different than this whole sanctifying process we're talking about. I think maybe some component of why God thought, hey, marriage is a good idea, that Mm -hmm. two becoming one is a good idea, is because it just kind of shoves out some of that, okay, a little bit of selfishness just got kicked out. Oh, you want to have kids? Okay. A lot more selfishness gets kicked out of your soul just because of the nature. Right. This kid's dependent on me. My wife and I, we have to make decisions together Mm -hmm. and we have to come to agreement, compromise. I mean, I'm not saying, again, marriage isn't for everybody, but... I think there is something when you lean into it, mm-hmm. marriage really leans back on you. And I think it really is a sharpening. Totally. Um, you know, when you put the work in, when you say, hey, we're going to decide, like you said, this is a covenant. We decided that. Mm-hmm. 
So now we don't make our relationship work around what we want. We make what we, you know, how, not how we feel. We decided this. Right. Let's live it. Let's live it out. Let's create it. And that's a lot of faith really mm-hmm. is, look, I'm in a, convictions. They're not really so that you can be in a moment of temptation and say, this is my conviction. No, it's for beforehand that I, look, I decided I don't do that thing anymore. So I'm not even going to face that temptation. Um, you know, look, we didn't even give ourselves a doorway out of this relationship. So divorce has never been a conversation. Right. Yeah. It's that, it's that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think one of the, the hardest parts that I found early on in marriage was that you have to accept the idea that you can't make the decision on behalf of right. you know, your spouse because they're not you. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we think this, but when we say God made us one flesh, well, all right, I'm the spokesperson. Right. <laughs> totally. Like, like we are one, but today I'm the spokesperson right. of our relationship. Yeah. And the spokesperson would say that this is what we're going to do. Right. So we're going to eat Indian food, yep. you know. But I, I know early on, and I hope my mom listens to this, but my mom <laughs> and Mac were disagreeing about like where we were going to eat. I think it was something like just insignificant about that. But for a long portion of my life, you know, I'm whatever my mom says, I want to honor her. I really right. honor, you know, honor my father and mother, honor what she's doing. And the first time that I had to disagree with my mom in order to align with right. Mac was like this super weird thing. And I know <laughs> Mac and I had like this conversation about it. She's like, why is this so hard for you? And again, it wasn't something like, super significant yeah. but it was right. just like she wanted to do that and and mac wanted to do this or go somewhere or stay home or whatever it was and i remember how much like i finally realized wow like when it says a man should leave his father and mother and you know <laughs> go i'm like this makes total sense right. now right. but it took a lot to do that and you know there'll be times in where all of a sudden you're going wow, my siblings say this, but my husband says this. Right. And, you know, whether it's a different view on, like, something that happens in the world or different view on health, like vaccination, just weird. There's all right. these things that you don't realize you have to care about when you become an adult. But it's like, wow, I guess I just did that because that's what my family yeah, right. did. But their family was totally different. This is how they spend holidays. This is how we spend holidays. And you just have to work so much harder to do that. And so I think that's mm-hmm. where Paul's talking about, hey, it's easier to be single. He's saying there's a lot of things that come with this that you just aren't prepared right. for. But when we talk about finding the one and like this part of like your flesh is going to like eat you alive. You're going to want to like just go the opposite way and everything. But when you find the one, it makes you want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's like half the excitement is you want to then agree with them, even though it's like the awkward like, oh, I'm disagreeing with my dad. That he's my dad, yeah, you know, but yeah. it's like, no, knows my fiance. I'm going to agree with him. You know, totally. we're getting married, but I want to do that more than right. anything, you know, it's and like that's the, the fun, like really fulfilling, like heart. Oh, yeah. Huge. Like, you know, the butterflies the and yeah. the excitement. Yeah. yeah. I pictured like movies where like the girl comes home with this, like, suit, like the guy with all the like tattoos, and, <laughs> right. like, black hair and choker <laughs> and like looks bad and it's like. I want to go with what he's doing. He's telling me to go to this party. And the dad's like, no, that was just what I pictured when Sydney was saying that. Like, my dad. I don't know why I pictured that, but Noah's a great guy. He is a great guy. He's going to listen to this. So good. 
Another thing, you know, that we talk about a lot with, you know, find the one is you got to find somebody that loves Jesus. Right. And you can't just be a good person and find a good person. There's right. a lot of good people. <laughs> right. But one thing that the Bible's very clear on is if you do marry, you got to find someone that has that same passion. Right. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know if you've seen that in your friends. I don't know if you guys have dated somebody in your life that didn't love Jesus, but like, what are some of the things you guys have seen in that to where, okay, God's pretty clear on that, mm-hmm. but you see people compromise on yeah. it a lot. Right. Yeah. I think it's it's really easy to make that statement and say, well, you don't date someone who's not saved. Um, you know, one of the thing, phrases I like is you don't date to save. Right. Like, whether you call it missionary, missionary dating, dating, whatever it is. For me, Classic. it's, hey, you don't date to save. <laughs> I tell my little sisters this all the time and they're probably annoyed by now, but it's true. Um, I think for me... It's easy for me to say that, but then when I get into a moment where um, I find myself attracted to a female and she's fun to be around and whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and then I find out, oh, they're they're not really a follower of Jesus, I still somehow want to like bend my belief totally. to make it work. And like I hate to admit that, but the reality is, I think that's how it is for a lot of us, mm-hmm. where we would say, you know, I would never date someone who's not saved, but then when you actually step into a moment where you're talking to a pretty girl and it's really fun and you're like, dang, like, do I need to date someone saved? <laughs> you know, and again, I, I almost those words feel like... How saved is saved? <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly because I think even one of the things I've noticed is, you know, I don't, need, I don't mean to say that you need to both be on the same, like, level of passion for the Lord, but I think you kind of need to be close. Because yeah, I've, close, yeah. I've seen people who, I know, you know, somebody's been just lit up for Jesus like they just reading the Bible every day serving at church a lot and again not that these are these aren't badges we wear on our sleeve but it was just it's just a level of passion it's a level mm-hmm. of relationship and where and then their partner or their their girlfriend or boyfriend is kind of maybe just dipping their toes in the water so right. to speak and it gets awkward fast because values change quickly and again you brush into each other in a way that's like hey you know what you are saved but I'm not sure we're really sprinting the same pace. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I just outran you by 500 right. meters. And meters. Now I gotta. Sorry, I'm thinking track. Jen oh, runs track. Yeah, okay. so yeah, we, talk, like, we talk. We Score to the metric system. I'm sorry. <laughs> was, I just outran you by a mile. You know, or whatever it is. Where um, I think you you need to do everything you can to come into a situation where. Hey, do you read your Bible every day? And I know that that's a kind of an awkward first mm-hmm. date question, but it's pretty good first right. date question where it's like, hey, how, how much do you love the Bible? I read it like once in the last month. John three sixteen. Yeah, like for for me, it was like I, I wanted to find somebody who said the Bible's what I'm built on, right? And the Bible's my language. Right. I've I've written it on my heart. It's my mm-hmm. DNA, and because um, there are levels of, you know, everyone. Oh, I'm saved, but like you say, how saved is maybe the wrong way to say right. it, but. How passionate, how right. how persistent are you in your pursuit? Right. So, yeah, Sydney, what like? Obviously, when you met Noah, mm-hmm. you know, and you can tell a little bit about like mm-hmm. that story. But like, what made you know that you guys were both kind of going the same direction? I mean, I think it can be easy to meet yeah. somebody who goes to church or they kind of check the boxes, right? Yeah. But ultimately. The only people who truly know us is ourselves and God. Right. But it's our job to maybe assess as best as we can totally. how their walk with God is. What were some of the things that you were you kind of saw in each other that yeah. you knew what, he was legit? Yeah. 
So I'm gonna take it a little back. When I, before I even met Noah, something that, like I had a list of like, kind of like prerequisites, you know? Like everyone kind of has their <laughs> yeah. list. You but you gotta get past down the, list? Oh, it was written down. Did you down, have totally. an application to follow yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But like, it, and it wasn't like just a high school list, like has to be tall and blonde and athletic. You know so what I mean? It, was, it wasn't, it. but it was like. These are prayerful. These are oh, prayerful. Oh, you didn't have that. Okay. Good. No, I these were, were prayerful. Like, these are things that, and you get yeah. specific with it, but through prayer, like, okay, yeah. God, what is, I don't want yeah. it to be me, but like, what do I need? And that was a big prayer for me. Let him be what I need to wow. get closer to you, That's you know? Great. And so many times, like early conversation, it he'll tell you this, like it took him a lot of convincing for for me to like, like, like him fall in love, like this whole <laughs> deal. I don't think it took a lot of convincing, but like when he explains it, I'm like, oh yeah, it took you a lot of convincing. You played a little hard to get. I played a little hard to yeah. get, but our first like three months was long distance. So you can't, you don't know each other over the phone like you do in person, you know, but that's whole other. But through conversations about like reading the Bible, about growing up, about our relationship with Christ, he would ask questions that were like, made me think about things that was like, oh man, that's interesting, and that makes me think about God in a completely different angle. And like I think about it, like like here's God, and I see Him from this way, but I want to see the whole thing. I want right. to learn the whole thing. So Noah would take my angle and shift it just a little bit. And I think that was to me how I knew, you know, that was yeah, we are on the same page here, and He's gonna challenge me, and He's yeah. gonna make me think about things that I didn't even know I needed to think about. And He's not doing it on purpose. But it's his personality and his walk right. and my walk that's just going to come together, you know, and going to challenge and sharpen each other. And Yeah. So. I think it's important to note, too, like with that, you know, obviously one of your prerequisites was that he follows the Lord. Right. But let that not be your only thing. Right. And, and I, I think that's maybe a weird thing to hear a Christian say, but it's really true. I think, I mean, I walked through a relationship where, you know, the person I was dating, they were really passionate about Jesus, but just personality-wise and sort of some mm-hmm. of the dynamics, it just didn't really work. Right. And I think that's okay. I'm, it, mm-hmm. If someone you you want to date and they're they're pretty, they're fun to be around, and they love the Lord, that's not the those aren't the only things. There are other little things that you have to think about. Right. And again, when it comes to becoming the right person, part of that process is the self-awareness to evaluate what do I value, mm-hmm. right? Is my significant other this okay but for me one of the things does my does my family like my significant other that's right. a big part of it and, yeah. and that's not everything right like if i'm if you know i get married my parents aren't married to my wife i'm married to my wife so mm-hmm. it's ultimately my decision but it is a value of mine that when we get together with family it's a blast right if she fits in my parents like her you know it's it's natural um and i think that's where sometimes you know like you said yeah of course we, we, you want him to follow the lord he needs to follow the lord mm-hmm. but there's that doesn't mean that other characteristics aren't important. You don't just throw everything else at the window and say, oh, they follow the Lord. Sign me up. Totally. And can... pray through it. Not just this would be a dream, but like pray through. Is it more than just going to church three mm. times a month? Is it are they involved in church and are they involved in an area that you love? You know, like really sit down and don't just think about it, but invite the Lord into the conversation. Yeah. Like, Lord, what do I need? To be closer yeah. to you, you know? Totally. It's a lifelong commitment, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's important. It's what, I mean, it's really 
the most important decision aside from you know saying yes to Jesus right. that, you know a lot of Christians say that but it's true to say if you're going to step into something that you know as Paul talks about be careful mm-hmm. you know it's very important it could distract you it could derail you totally. there's there's marriage relationships even between two people that are Christian people mm-hmm. but that they pull each other away from maybe the calling that God was leading mm-hmm. them right maybe you do feel like you're supposed to start a business but maybe your spouse really doesn't want you to do that or you're supposed to take a job that moves across the country but your spouse doesn't want you to do that or you're supposed to stay at home but you have this drive to go somewhere and right. you pull right. your family apart because of a job or because of an opportunity right. and so everyone has a different plan and that's obviously for God and them to figure out but I think there is an importance to say, when we step into this, we want to have a lot of the same alignments or at least heading in the same direction. Yeah. Now, if God you know, drops something in your life that you weren't expecting, mm-hmm. God knows what he's doing. He mm-hmm. knows that right. you're together. But I think that's where you know people say, I'm finding the one. I don't believe, and I don't <clears throat> think scripture gives us any indication that there is one person out right. there for us. There's so many people on this planet I think there are many people that you could have a God-honoring, successful, mm-hmm. great legacy yeah. with. Right. But God says, choose one. Yeah. Right. And so I don't believe if somebody maybe is getting out of a relationship recently or maybe they've struggled to find that, oh, well, the one that got away, there's this. I believe there's many people out there that could be great partners yeah. for right. people, but it's I got to be that right person. Mm-hmm. I got to be committed to this. And I think that's what's really important is yeah. to, you know, the lifelong commitment that, you know, I'm in this forever. Right. And that's where I think you get a lot of people, especially in today's culture, you know, even Christians who kind of feel like because divorce is so common and, you know, mm-hmm. it's the stats is like over 50%. And I mean, many people listening to this will have parents who are divorced right. or, you know, family members for sure. And it's just so commonplace now. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, well, yeah, it's like God doesn't like it, but it's something that just if it if it happens, it happens. Right. And, you know, it's something that I think we've diluted because mm-hmm. of our culture. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we don't want to be sensitive to it because it's one of the most hurtful things for people right. to go through. I've had people very close to me that have gone through it, and I want to be with them. Right. And God doesn't say, if you get divorced— you're going to hell. Right. But what he does say is he says, I hate divorce. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say he hates people who get divorced, but he says, I hate it. Right. Because I hate what it does. I hate the thing that you're trying to show the world right. about who I am in your life and the covenant relationship right. that I have with you. When it breaks apart, me, God, I don't break that promise. Yeah. I don't break things wow. apart. And so, yeah, I know as humans we fail, but God leans towards always mercy, right. forgiveness, yeah. grace. Right. He says, this is the God that I am. So when we show the world that that's not the way we're living, then how could we show people about a God who has this covenant yeah. with us? Right. But, well, you broke that covenant. Right. Christian. I mean, people who are non-Christians say it all the time. Well, the divorce rate in the Christian community is just as high. Yeah. It's... we're not setting a great example for that totally and you know we don't want to dilute what god has given us this gift again we don't want to condemn but i i do think we're in a time and culture where we are at a point where we need to be direct Mm -hmm. we need to be clear to say we're not brushing things under the rug because they're 
you know, it, it feels bad to confront somebody. Right. Nobody likes to confront people and say, the, the sexual sin that you're in is wrong. That's a tough conversation. Oh, yeah. As a pastor, I have a lot of those conversations. Yeah. I've gotten better at them because it's just, I just do it a lot. But it's hard you, to confront somebody and say, hey, how are you spending your money? Oh, right. No one wants to talk about that. Yeah. Hey, how are you treating the people in your life? Right. How is your relationship going? Man, those are tough questions yeah. to ask, but I think the responsibility of leaders, yeah. especially in the church, is to say, we're going to ask those tough, tough totally. questions, and we're going to take a strong stance on things right. because God values them. Yeah. Right. I think I, I heard this Saturday from a pastor. The the softer you label the poison, the more dangerous it becomes. Mm. Wow, that's wow. good. Right? So let's say you took a bottle of poison mm-hmm. and put Hershey's chocolate syrup on it and put it <laughs> totally. in your fridge. Yeah. That's really dangerous for the right. next person who comes to the fridge. And so... In our lives, whether it's divorce, whether it's sexual purity, I don't want to dilute anything. Right. Why? Because it's dangerous for me. It's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt my relationships. It's going to hurt my future. It might feel comfortable in a moment, Mm -hmm. but long term, it's like... Not worth it. Wow. What a risk to say, oh, it's okay. You know, God, yeah, God doesn't mind divorce. No, the Bible's clear. God hates divorce. And again... God does not hate, I love what you said, God does not hate people mm-hmm. who get divorced. God doesn't hate people that's not the God we serve. God adores people. He gave his life for you. Mm-hmm. But we ought to do everything in, in, in our power to say, I got to come into alignment with what the scripture right. says about a lifelong commitment. Totally. It's an important decision. Don't run into this. Have wisdom in your life. The counsel of many makes them mm-hmm. wise. Do these things, right? Set yourself, do the work on the front end. Prepare yourself in this season so the next season is great. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah, and I'd say if you're listening to this and you know maybe you're in that season where you say, hey, I'm, I'm single, I'm trying to figure it out, I'd say encourage yourself in the Lord. I'd say mm-hmm. enjoy it. Yeah. Travel. Yeah. Take a job that maybe you were thinking that scares you a little bit. Do something that is something you maybe couldn't do if you were married. And if you're married, be married. Have a great time. Don't be insecure about it. Love your spouse. You know, enjoy it. Travel. Take a job. Like, do things that you can do when you're married. Find friends that are couples. Totally. It's the best. It's so fun. Absolutely. (laughs) But I think think the lack of contentment is something that steals our joy. And Mm -hmm. to say, look at Jeremiah. He's got a whole book written about him, like 50-some chapters in the Bible. He stayed single. You look Mm -hmm. at priests and monks and all these people who stayed single. Some of them maybe, again, it's that weird reasoning but it's don't look at your situation and say if only i had that because if that's the way that you look at the world you're gonna say that when you're married Mm -hmm. you're gonna say that when you have kids if only my kids were great athletes like like their kids if only my kids were smart like their kids Mm -hmm. if only i had a family like they had it's just it's a cheap thought that's going to derail your future no matter what you get and when we think especially in singleness i think that's a, a thing that we do is that we focus on what they have, it's going to follow you for the rest of your life. So be aware, be cautious. And then in relationships, honor God. Let's be pure. Let's Mm -hmm. be bringing people closer when we're in a relationship. That's a great barometer of how am I doing in my relationship? Am I closer to Jesus than I was last year at this time? Am I closer to Jesus than I was before I met him or met her? That's a good indicator of, I'm growing this relationship right. and you know when it comes to finding the one let's be very focused on the person that you know we're gonna potentially marry because you're in it forever right but the last thing I'd say is 
don't put too much pressure on it. Yeah. And don't be this person that you're complaining about being single, but then there's all these people who've come into your mm-hmm. life and it's no, no, no. Maybe you need to go back to step one, which is let's become the person that God's called right. me to be first. Yeah. And then I believe that I'm going to see that. So um, wherever you're at in this, wherever you're listening from, maybe you're watching YouTube, Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple um, podcast, we just... We love you and we're yeah. glad and you know maybe you just found this video we have other videos from our mm-hmm. relationship series we have culture combos coming up March 5th um, but we just hope that this is fruitful for you we hope that it yeah. encourages you and uh, we'll be back with more podcasts coming soon but in the meantime have an awesome week serving Jesus we'll see you back Woo. next time <laughs>